4: Hello and welcome to a football Friday live right here on the early line on Sports Grid all across the Sports Grid network that includes sportsgrid.com slash watch find your favorite destination and consume everything all across the grid welcome to the early line to end out this week again a football friday entering week number two in the second full sunday slate of this national football league regular season with week two kicking off last night in philadelphia week number three of the college football season where rivalries are getting spicy all across the country and of course still the home stretch despite it being a football friday in major league baseball i am ben stevens Donnie Wrightside of course here as well on tel drs three hours together on this football friday we bring everybody up until 11 a.m eastern live right here on the grid
5: yeah made a lot of rounds yesterday talking some nfl football the energy was high stayed up late here we are rocking and rolling on a three-hour show on a football friday right here on the grid no better place to be can't wait to get after it here ben
4: DRS we will get after it we'll look at pretty much every single game on the Sunday slate that we have coming our way with a double header on Monday night DRS only 13 games on this Sunday as compared to the 14 last weekend on the opening Sunday of the NFL year but still a ton of great football to dive into all right DRS week number two is already underway last night in Philadelphia the first time the NFC champs were back in their home since winning that nfc championship last january in the city of brotherly love a slow start for both teams drs it seemed as though the football had fish grease on it last night at certain times but then the offense picked up in the second half and philadelphia prevails 34-28. 34-28. Sailing over a pre-game number of 48-and-a-half. DRS had you on the right side yesterday. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience, by the way. It's hour number one of a football Friday, live right here on the grid. Sirius XM, channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold. He is Donnie right Side. I am Ben Stevens. And the Eagles get week number two of the NFL regular season. Kicked off with a victory last night at home, 34-28. Sailing over that pregame number, DRS, of 48 in a hook. A dominant ground game out of Philly last night. 48 carries as a team. 259 rushing yards led by DeAndre Swift, DRS. You expected him to have an integral role in the offense with Kenny Gainwell on the sideline after only one carry in his opening game in a Bird's uniform. Back home in Philadelphia, he shined last night.
5: Yeah, sometimes you get things right, and that was DeAndre Swift being that lead ball carrier. I didn't think in a million years he'd rush for as many yards as he did, but I did think he would get a touchdown even though it was touch and go for a while because (laughs) we know the tush push that the Eagles use down on the goal line is quite effective and you can't knock it, but when you have a bet on another player to score a touchdown, that does the majority of the work on the drive, sometimes it is tough to watch. I think we handicapped it correctly yesterday. Points were on the agenda and was interesting when we did the poll yesterday to fade the public. The least amount of bets came on from the public side was actually on the over 49 and a half. Now, it was touch and go for a while. You're right. A lot of turnovers that we didn't see, but also keep in mind yesterday, I thought both offenses were good, but the Eagles got the extra bounces yesterday. Some touchbacks that maybe should have been touchdowns out of Jefferson. You take a look at a punt return, which the Eagles fumbled. They got theirs back. Minnesota fumbled a punt return. The Eagles recovered that one. So, a lot of things went well for the Philadelphia Eagles. Looked like a blowout, but as we know in the NFL, teams always make comebacks, and also, the odds makers were right on this one, on that number.
4: They were certainly right on it. The hook giveth or it taketh, depending on what side. That last touchdown toss from Kirk Cousins to TJ Hawkinson with a minute and 10 seconds remaining either made you a very happy person or a very sad sports better yesterday. Philly was a six and a half point pre-game favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, DRLS, we'll go back to Thursday night football as we look forward to week number two. But a big night last night in Baltimore. on the MLB Diamond. A four-game set this weekend at Camden between the Orioles and the Rays that could decide the outcome of the American League East. Baltimore entered with a two-game lead in the division, but Tampa takes game number one. Four to three, the final. A Luke Rayleigh homer in the top of the seventh inning gives the Rays the opening game victory. Now that lead for Baltimore in the divisional standings. DRS, just a single game.
5: Yeah, it's pretty good to watch this one play out. Also, we handicapped this win yesterday. I thought it probably would stay under the total, sneaks under the total with a 4-3 to three game. But this is so much fun. And the questions that pop up if you're looking at the Baltimore Orioles. Been there, done that before. They haven't. Now you're looking at that pressure ultimate here. And you got still three games to go. We could see the end of the weekend and completely back in first place for the race. Good stuff here in the AL East.
4: Baltimore entered this series. A minus 550 favorite to win the division with that two-game advantage. Now it's only one, but the O's a minus 290. Outright favorite to win the American League East. DRS, a significant series that came to a close yesterday. A four-game set ending in Toronto. A four-game sweep for Texas over the Blue Jays. The Rangers, the offense woke up in the great white north. DRS, 35 combined runs over this four-game sweep as Texas adds on late to pull away and win the finale 9-2.
5: Texas, six straight wins. You take a look at now Toronto, four straight losses. That's where you find yourself, Toronto, out of the playoffs right now. But we've seen this before. Teams we write off still about two weeks to go. They climb right back in it. But a tough look for Toronto in a series where they could have put away the Texas Rangers. They let the Rangers right back into the race. And quite frankly, season ends today. You know, in the playoffs. Yeah, those Texas Rangers and not the Toronto Blue Jays.
4: The Blue Jays now a game and a half behind the Seattle Mariners for that third and final American League wild card spot. DRS, it might not be the best week three Saturday slate across the country in college football. Just you wait for week number four, but the Rocky Mountain showdown between Deion Sanders, Colorado Buffaloes and Jay Norvell's Colorado State Rams. Just got a little bit spicier. Jay Norvell said on a coach's show on Wednesday evening that when he spoke to ESPN on campus in Boulder for college game day tomorrow, he took off his hat and his glasses like a real adult, like his mother taught him. Well, Deion Sanders responds yesterday after practice, quote, it was just going to be a good game, but they done messed around and made it personal. DRS, this is what you want in rivalries in college football the Buffs a 23 and a half point favorite
5: by the way back in the day when I was in high school I'd go into the kitchen and try to talk to my mom she wouldn't even talk to me unless I had a hat and sunglasses on so me and Dion one <laughs> of the same here ready to roll but I love to see a little bit more juice here in the battle of Colorado
4: listen last week a big eight rivalry renewed against Nebraska that was personal so to say for CU don't poke the bear we'll talk about it in just a little bit a couple of college football scores drs from last night on a thursday to open up week number three the miami hurricanes put the u in the sky drs they might be back 48 to 7 after the big victory against texas a&m they back it up with a victory over bethune cookman yesterday again 48 to 7 memphis holds on to beat navy in the aac opener for those two teams drs the midshipman threw it 20 times in the football game we used to be a proper country more major league baseball news
3: coming your way next as well as we recap a thursday in the bigs sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
4: A Thursday night in Philadelphia started week number two of this National Football League regular season in 2023. This is a Football Friday live on the early line on Sports Grid. He is Donnie Wright's side. I am Ben Stevens. DRS, the hook giveth or it taketh last night, depending on when you got the number and when you bet it. The Birds closed as a six-and-a-half point favorite against the Vikings. They get that victory, though, 34-28 going over a pregame total of 48 and a hook it was a late touchdown toss from kirk cousins to his tight end tj hawkinson with just over a minute remaining that made it just a six point game but drs in that second half the eagles offense picked up and the birds pulled away they start two and o oh, minnesota on the other side 0 oh and two winless after two games to begin 2023
5: yeah, and you know what? Let's take a, get a takeaway from that game yesterday. We didn't really know where these teams would go, but the prognosis was, Ben, right? Take a look at Minnesota. The way to attack the Philadelphia Eagles was going to be through the air. If you would tell me, before the game started, Donnie, Kirk Cousins... 31 of 44, 364, four touchdowns and no interceptions. I'd say, oh my goodness, looks like Minnesota's back at one and one. The Eagles, what a tough, hard-fought loss at home at that point. But the fact yeah. of the matter is, Ben, you can't turn the football over, and that's what the Vikings did repeatedly yesterday. So credit the Eagles for jumping out to that yeah. lead and capitalizing on the turnovers. But this game could have been even knock away one of them if Justin Jefferson doesn't lean out and try to score a touchdown by lunging over the goal yeah. line and the ball goes out of the back of the end zone. That's first to go at the one and. That's another touchdown. By the way, yesterday, one of those fun bets that I had, Ben, also was a prop bet. Both teams with a score in each half, at least one touchdown or more. They did that yesterday. I expected points, Ben, and we got points.
4: Yeah. We certainly got points, DRS. You even swayed my opinion to be on the over despite the trends on the under on short week Thursday night football games. But week number two last year between the Chiefs and the Chargers in Kansas City over its pregame number. Week number two, the first short week Thursday night football game of 2023, also over its number at 48 and a hook. We'll talk about Minnesota. We'll talk about primetime Kirk Cousins. And we'll talk about what some might I'd say is the worst rule in football in just a moment. But DRS, we start with the victorious team, and that was Philadelphia. Back inside the city of Brotherly Love, back at the link for the first time since winning an NFC championship last January. The offense was sluggish. People were not happy with Brian Johnson and his play calling to begin. Eagles fans even booing their club in their first game back in Philly. That is the beauty of Philadelphia sports fandom but drs last year against the vikings jalen hurts had two rushing scores this year against the vikings jalen hurts had two rushing scores the butt push whatever you want to call it from behind is still legal in the nfl and until they make it illegal from the rules committee it seems as though it will be unstoppable not the biggest passing attack yesterday for the Eagles DRS but they figured out what was working 48 rush attempts as a team Jalen Hurts had 12 and they ran it for 250 259 excuse me against Minnesota that was the plan of attack against the Vikings and it worked in a big way
5: It certainly did work in a big way. Now also as you say, like booing, this is what Philadelphia fans do. It's not as if you're angry at your team. You're just angry at what's taking place on the field because everybody in this knows when you have a mismatch and it's working stick to it. The one thing I was upset with Brian Johnson because I thought it was a little bit disjointed to start the football game and I thought Jalen Hurts was as well through a terrible interception midway through that first half. But they figured out that they had an advantage at running the football. The one thing Brian Flores was going to do was rush three or four pass rushers at times and say we're going to drop every everybody back and not give you the big play and the Eagles struggle yeah. with that until they realize oh no we have a very good offensive line if there's three or four pass rushers and you're in dime formation just run the football and DeAndre Swift was absolutely fantastic yesterday 28 carries 175 yards in a touchdown that's 6.3 yards per carry now here's yeah. the question for me which sometimes I get upset with the coaching staff here I- I'm not at practice every day you can only go on what the skill levels what we believe are or to be there right so game number one Kenneth game was by far away the lead back DeAndre Swift got two carries after game number two it's clear DeAndre Swift has juice and was making moves left and yeah. right if there wasn't a hole he made a hole and he was patient so I say to myself Ben what were you guys watching in practice here where you thought Gainwell was the lead back over DeAndre Swift? And what would have happened if that injury never happened to Gainwell? with Swift getting five or six carries in this game? It looks like the Philadelphia Eagles found their clear lead back now. But also, questions on the coaching staff is, why didn't you see this? This wasn't just a, oh my goodness, look at Swift, looks like he's really good. He was probably doing this daily in practice, but just not picking it up. Overall, I was very impressed how the Eagles made adjustments from the offensive line to the running game throughout the second quarter and the rest of the game. I loved what what I saw that up the Philadelphia Eagles there, Ben.
4: And DRS, DeAndre Swift finally finding Pater late in that yeah. second half as well. As many who had an time TD prop or maybe had DeAndre Swift on your fantasy team were not thrilled with the push from behind to get Jalen Hurts into the end zone because it was DeAndre Swift bringing the birds down to the goal line. But 28 carries well over his rush attempts prop that we highlighted yesterday on the show for a bigger role in that offense that was seven and a half, eight and. a half over had some plus money at a certain point in the day as well 28 carries for deandre swift and one of the narratives drs on the other side for the vikings entering is is of course primetime kirk cousins with minnesota he is now seven and ten straight up depending on where the number fell he's either eight and nine against the spread or eight eight and one ats but You can't really blame Kirk yesterday, 364 yards, four passing scores. DRS for the second consecutive game, 44 pass attempts. It's what they threw against the Buccaneers. It's what they threw last night against Philadelphia, only 28 yards on the ground, by the way. But, Donnie, the story for Minnesota last night was the fumbles four of them that were recovered by philadelphia including in that critical juncture late in the opening half justin jefferson lunging for the goal line the football knocked out of his hands and across the pylon and out of bounds which by rule in football agree or not dumb or smart is a touchback and philadelphia was able to take advantage
5: Yes, they were. And how about how that the rest of that first half turned out here? You're talking about a touchdown. Yeah. probably on the board for Minnesota, which actually turns into a 61-yard field goal from Elliott. So you get a little bit of a boost going into the break, and you come right out if you're the Philadelphia Eagles on the first drive in the second half. Strip sack fumble. That leads to another touchdown. And away the Philadelphia Eagles went at that point. I was impressed the way the Eagles backed it up because the one thing we knew, Ben, coming into this game is you thought it would be an advantage for Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. 11 catches, 159. He was sensational as we thought he yep. would be. But at the same time the Eagles were continuously losing players on defense and trying to make a mass unit back there so credit them a little bit here knowing that we don't really have much resistance in the secondary but still being able to hang on in that football game a lot of things were going in the favor of the Eagles with the turnovers but not going against the Eagles which this mini buy, boy they got to rest up man they got a lot of banged up and bruised bodies here for the next game against Tampa Bay
4: Certainly in that secondary, Darius Slay had a yeoman's work yesterday trying to slow down Justin Jefferson. 11 grabs for Jay-Jet. 159 yards he's had 150 or more in each of the first two for the Vikings but not a touchdown grab in either of the opening two games was very very close at the end of the opening half Jordan Addison in each of his two games now in the National Football League with Minnesota a touchdown a 63 yard bomb over his receiving yards prop of 44 and a half DRS Devontae Smith a couple of deep throws from Jalen Hurts only four grabs for 131 yards and a touchdown don't tell AJ Brown Philly was running it with ease on Minnesota he wanted no part of it Donnie he wanted the football as often as it could be the Eagles Donnie entered the season as the favorites to win the NFC title they fell behind San Francisco after week number one now only 20 cents behind the Niners a plus 350 price
5: Yeah, that's about where it should be here. We'll see from the Philadelphia Eagles. Was it ultra-impressive last night? No, it wasn't, but they won the game. They're moving forward, and if they get healthy, there'll be a team to mess with here in the NFC, no doubt.
4: Week number two is underway. We'll preview the entire Sunday slate over the next two and a half
3: hours here on the early line. Major League Baseball, though, next.
4: welcome back to the early line live right here on this friday on sports grid sirius xm channel 159 that's the home for sports grid radio on sirius xm and all across the sports grid network he is donny right I am Ben Stevens. DRS, let's look back on a Thursday in Major League Baseball, setting up one of the final weekends of the regular season. A four-game series, a significant four-game set between the Orioles and the Tampa Bay Rays began yesterday in Baltimore. It could decide the outcome of the American League East. It might change hands who holds that divisional lead because baltimore entered drs with a two game advantage in the standings tampa takes game number one four to three drs the rays now only a game back of that top spot in the al east and what would be the best record by the way in the american league as a whole
5: It's impressive. It really is because this is one of the teams there when they were going through their turmoil with injuries and off the field issues. I was saying, okay, let's remove Tampa Bay from the equation. Who else do we got? And Obviously, I'm still going to stick with the Astros and like the Astros, but you can't knock what the Rays are doing 8-2 and in their last 10 games, which includes a victory last night over the Baltimore Orioles and also, they only sit one game back in the standings. And did you know today when they line up, the favor on the field is not going to be the Baltimore Orioles. It's actually the Tampa Bay Rays. So as I was talking when Craig Mish came on, is there a legitimate him a chance that maybe at the end of the weekend we could see a first place race team. Now, as far fetched as that sounded just a week ago, it looks like it could become a reality. And by tomorrow, we could have a dead heat in the AL East when we weren't even thinking of this three to four weeks ago.
4: Luke Rayleigh, the difference last night a home run, a solo shot in the seventh inning. That is how Tampa Bay prevailed. Kevin Cash going with his bullpen, and they were strong yesterday against. Baltimore. So now only a one-game advantage for the O's in the American League East Division. Only a minus 290 favorite DRS. They entered, despite still being nearly a $3 odds-on favorite, they entered at a minus 550 price to win the division before game number one of this four-game set. Donnie, Baltimore still won six of the ten meetings against Tampa Bay this year. They have not lost a series so far against the Rays throughout this season against their divisional foe, but there is a chance, like Donnie mentioned with the Rays, a slight favorite in Camden tonight against Baltimore, that we wake up tomorrow morning on a Saturday, and we have a dead heat. A tie for that first-place spot in the American League East. Donnie, Tampa Bay, a minus-124 slight road favorite tonight in Baltimore. They're going with Zach Eflin on the bump. Jack Flaherty acquired by Baltimore at the trade deadline. Their real big acquisition to do something to that starting staff and their front-line starting pitching. This is why you bring him here. He's on the bump tonight for the Orioles in a very crucial spot for Baltimore.
5: Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it here. And again, sometimes that outside pressure, and if we're looking at maybe a total, it's one of those where you probably would stay under as well. All hands on deck here. Every single game matters as if you were in the wild card or the divisional round of the Major League Baseball playoff. So I think the pressure just might get to the Baltimore Orioles here. And again, as we said, they are a favorite tonight. Talking about the Tampa Bay Rays, they've been here, done that. They're not going to slack back. I just want to see how the Baltimore Orioles actually rise to the occasion. Because again, we're not writing the obituary for the Baltimore Orioles as if they're going to make the playoffs or can even win the division heck they might win tonight saturday and sunday and put everything to bed by the time we even wake up on monday morning but i don't think that's the case here and i would love some drama which means the tampa bay rays beating the orioles once again tonight and away we go
4: Jack Flaherty has not won a start in Baltimore since his very first. He has now made six as a member of the Orioles. And in those last five DRS, he has allowed 21 earned runs. The Orioles have won the last two, both in very high-scoring games, 8-5 against Arizona, 13-12 against boston again pay attention to that total tonight it is eight and a half drs again this is a very big series because we're coming down to the final two weeks of this major league baseball regular season it could decide a division or at least sway the odds and the standings and donnie it seems at this moment whoever wins the american league east is going to be that top seed in the american league playoff bracket which is going to have an impact on the odds based on home field advantage and how things shape out in the pennant race as well the astros with the pedigree the favorites right now plus 240 a buck and 20 cents in front of the o's tampa bay only 70 cents behind baltimore at plus 430 and those two other american league west teams the mariners and the rangers both would be in the postseason in wild card spots if the year ended today round out the top five drs at plus 650
5: Yeah, it's good stuff here as it boils down to. And again, I'm still going to keep with it here. I trust the Houston Astros. I think they're going to get it together in the late days here of September and the way we go into the playoffs. But it is something to keep mindful of. If we're taking a look now and Tampa Bay is hitting their stride at this point in September, they're going to be one of those teams you're not going to want to mess with in the playoffs because that certainly will be momentum. We're a team that, again, I thought would have been dead and buried, not making the playoffs, but just that momentum saying, ah, it's a nice baseball club, but eventually they'll get knocked away. They turn up and get that number one seed and the way they go into the playoffs, you're playing at the trap, which is always a quirky ballpark. So sky's the limit maybe for the Tampa Bay Rays if they can end this series and actually be in first place and hold on throughout the remaining weeks of the season.
4: You mentioned the postseason pedigree, DRS. If that did happen, the Rays won the American League East and claimed that number one overall seed in the American League playoff postseason, then that would stand for Tampa being the number one seed in the American League for the third time in the last four Octobers in Major League Baseball. Tampa was 8-16 and 16 in July since that point with a victory yesterday in Baltimore, 26-13. and 13. The O's in that span, not much worse, 26-14. and 14. But still, Tampa has shown that resilience after the slow month of July following a historic start. But one of the hottest teams right now, DRS, and at a very crucial time to do so, the Texas Rangers. They sweep Toronto in a a series that might decide the American League wildcard race or at least have dramatic implications on it they win four games all in Toronto part of a six game streak now Donnie for the Rangers a nine to two victory over the Blue Jays Texas holds on to that second spot of three in the American League wildcard race the Blue Jays now a full game and a half behind Seattle for that third and final spot
5: yeah, don't tell the uh, Toronto Blue Jays here that the playoffs are around the corner. Otherwise, they might wake up and try to make the playoffs here. That was an embarrassing yeah. effort all the way through. And also, taking a look from a Texas Rangers position here. Don't tell them either that they lost both of their starting Cy Young award-winning pitchers this season either. They don't care about that. They're out slugging their opponents, and they did it again last night. Um, look, Toronto was one of those teams coming into the season, which you don't want to say dark horse, right? But a legitimate chance to yeah. win the AL East and do a lot of damage. They had the front line starting pitching the ball pen and an immense amount of talent in that one through nine but in the biggest moments here they're coming up small that's a series' worst case scenario ben you split here okay you move on you're still in the playoff yeah. race you're technically in the playoffs if the season were to end today this is one of those that's a demoralizing series we'll see if they can get up off the map but again credit the texas rangers not folding up their season just because they lost a lot of starting pitching here and maybe nathan eovaldi doesn't round back into form i love what i see out of the rangers can't stand what i see out of toronto right now
4: Listen, the Blue Jays entered this series before the four-game sweep, having won eight of their last ten, but this was a critical series. We'll see how it plays out. The Rangers still have seven games left against the Mariners. Seattle has ten left against the Rangers and the Astros. Still a lot of baseball left to play. And, Donnie, I think you're spot on, right? There has been some enthusiasm for Toronto the last few years. A young roster chock full of talent. Vladdy Jr., Bo Bichette, the list goes on. And on, but they've never been able to capitalize on that talent with overall success on the diamond. They're 80 and 67 right now, a game and a half back of the American League wild card spots at this moment. But Donnie, if they were in the National League—and that's a big if, of course—they would be in front of the Phillies by a half game for the top spot in the National League wild card standings. So there will be a lot of disappointment for whatever team is on the outside looking in at the American League wild card chase elsewhere drs we go to the national league now the milwaukee brewers win the final game of their four game set against miami the brewers take the finale four to two winning three of the four games in the series drs not a lot of offense this past week in milwaukee all four of the games between the fish and the brew crew staying under
5: yeah, and by the way, Milwaukee's in playoff mode right now. You see that they're getting this yeah. frontline starting pitching, which is going to be so tough in the postseason here, rounding into form. And also, just taking a look at the standings here in the National League. Giants, Reds, Diamondbacks in a tie. A half game back, the Miami Marlins. Absolutely sensational theater to watch you play out. And the teams that didn't play yesterday, the Phillies, the Cubs, and the Giants, they all sat back and watched basically everybody lose. Hey, we all gained a half game by not playing. Even days that you don't play can be good days for some of these teams that are fighting for wild-card positioning.
4: DRS, we're updating to make playoff odds on a daily basis now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Currently with that three-way tie in the National League wildcard for the final spot between the D-backs, who got hammered yesterday 11-1 by the New York Oof. Mets, the Reds, who lost yesterday in the Motor City 8-2. The Giants were supposed to play in Colorado, but inclement weather postponed that game. The Giants price to make the playoffs, plus 172. As it stands for the cincinnati reds plus 220 the d-backs plus 230 and then donnie greater than that plus 235 for my all of those plus money prices because the odds makers aren't sure what's going to happen drs everybody in the award races right now heavy odds on favorites here in the final two weeks is there any doubt who's winning the mvp awards or the cy young awards in each league
5: no, it looks like you're all rounding in the form unless we have a pitcher absolutely explode on his last two starts. I think it is going to be Snell and also Garrett Cole there and deservedly so. They've been outstanding this season.
4: And Ronald Acuna Jr. seems to have outlasted Mookie Betts in the National League MVP race. He's minus 750. The American League Rookie of the Year, that's going to be Gunnar Henderson. On the other side, it's probably going to be Corbin Carroll for Arizona. Those odds have been off the board for a while. We would assume it's Shohei Otani the American League MVP as well. Let's preview Sunday in the NFL This is a Football Friday Live right here on the Early Line, and week number two of the season is now officially underway. Philadelphia claiming the first game of week number two, 34-28 last night at home against the Minnesota Vikings. DRS, though, we fast forward from Thursday night football all the way to Sunday night football. An AFC East Divisional matchup out there in Foxborough. New England hosting Miami. The Dolphins now DRS a full field goal favorite that very key number flatly on three the over under 46 and a half of course Donnie the Finns were one of the most impressive teams last week going on the road coming from behind beating Los Angeles by scoring 36 points against the Chargers a 36 34 victory outright as a field goal underdog the Patriots made it interesting against a sluggish Philadelphia offense in the second half last week but the Pats ultimately losing 20 20- to 20 not covering as a home underdog can they make it a little bit better as a home underdog that being new england drs here against miami on sunday night football
5: Yeah, I'm looking for a good fight in this one. I am. The one thing we do know the Patriots have a pretty solid secondary, and that's really what you need when you're going up against Waddle and Tyree Kill and Tua Tagovailoa, throwing for well over 400 yards, and we're electric last week. This game is on turf, and hopefully we don't have that rainy environment that we saw last week in Foxborough, which could help out the Miami Dolphins here. Now, granted, if you're taking a look at this game overall, you're saying to yourself, the FanDuel Sportsbook opened up this line at minus 2, and it rose to minus 3, and rightfully so. The betting markets are watching the Miami Dolphins right now when healthy, saying. Ooh, they are that it team and probably rightfully so. But the thing I do want to take away here is even last week, like the Philadelphia Eagles were full go last week for most part of that game. Frontline was healthy. Kobe Dean played most of that game and Bradbury didn't get injured till very late in that game. So the Eagles had a full secondary along with Blankenship. The reason I'm bringing that up is that's a pretty good defense when healthy for the Philadelphia Eagles. And you saw signs of life there when Mac Jones throwing for over 300 yards. Am I looking for a repeat performance? Do you want to get into a shootout with the Miami Dolphins? Not necessarily Ben, but we're crazy. Crazy to think that if the New England game yeah. plan with Bill O'Brien is to run the football and run the clock out, that's not happening. If you want to win this football game, you got to score points for New England. But by the way, saying that last week, look, the Miami Dolphins defense wasn't all that electric against the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, they moved up and down the field. But granted, you got Herbert, you got a lot more weapons on the outside, perceived, and also a dominant running back in Austin Eckler. But there's no reason to believe that New England can't be a viable opponent this weekend and have the Miami Dolphins on upset alert.
4: DRS, when you think about Miami, defense last year was really their Achilles heel. Sorry, Aaron Rodgers, no pun intended. But they were a bottom 10 scoring defense in the National Football League. It's why they went out and got Vic Fangio to be the new defensive coordinator there in South Beach. And why they hoped Jalen Ramsey would be healthy all year long. Of course, he should be back in just a few months. But they did still allow 34 points against la justin herbert wasn't sensational to a tongue of Iloa, was 466 passing yards week number one against the bolts his prop for sunday night football against new england 268 and a half on the other side donnie mac jones threw the football 54 times it was his career high in terms of pass attempts only the third time now in his third nfl year he has thrown the ball more than 40 times in a football game and that was the big deal with Mac Jones in his sophomore year last year the fact that you had Joe Judge and Matt Patricia calling the offensive game plan for New England now it's an actually legitimate offensive mind in Bill O'Brien it will be interesting to see what that offense does to try to keep pace with the Dolphins and what that means for the over under again standing at 46 and a half points at this moment
5: yeah, no, it's a good point you bring up, too, because what are we going to get out of the New England Patriots offense? What is going to be that offensive scheme? If we think it's going to be run and shoot with the Miami Dolphins, I'm not so sure. But also game score dictates what you're actually going to get out of your quarterback. Mac Jones threw 55 times, not because, Ben, that was their game plan. It's because they were down 16-0 right off the bat and yeah. had to throw themselves back into the football game. I don't know if that's going to be the case this weekend, but I can guarantee you if they're down 16 to nothing again right off the bat, Mac Jones probably will throw 50-plus times. You want to have that more balanced, attack you have a couple quality running backs in your backfield maybe get a little bit healthier on the offensive line than you were last week so you can help mac jones say you know what play action is really going to work now as opposed to the defense not buying into it i'm interested to see if bill o'brien makes those adjustments but i think he hit the nail on the head it's bill o'brien making the adjustments not matt patricia and joe judge on offense so you would be confident that the game plan is going to be correct this week once again
4: certainly so. So the New England Patriots DRS since the start of last season just pulling up the number right now have not been great as underdogs in fact they're only two in eight ATS as a dog since the start of 2022. We showed you Tua bailoa, the stats last week. He's also a co-favorite to win the NFL MVP at this moment plus 650 alongside Patrick Mahomes the reigning MVP then there's four guys behind those two best prices DRS at plus 650. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and now Jalen Hurts at 10-1. to 1. So we have an MVP frontrunner showdown, a playoff rematch from last year in the division around in the AFC on Sunday in Jacksonville. It's the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence hosting Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, DRS, the Chiefs, lost the opening game of the year 21 to 20 at home against the Detroit Lions they're booked as a three and a half point favorite in this matchup in Duval County the over under is the highest for week number two 51 and a half Donnie we're going to see some points on Sunday in Jacksonville yeah, we're
5: going to see some points, and particularly from the Kansas City side of things. You might have a little yeah. bit better of a feel on Jacksonville if last week Kansas City had one. What, Donnie? What does that mean? You know exactly what it means here. You're getting an angry football team that's had a little bit extra rest and get motivated here to take on Jacksonville. And this isn't a Jacksonville team of the past 10 years or before Trevor Lawrence got there for last year to make a playoff run. Where the, oh, it's a bottom right. feeder team to get sleepy down there. There's only 40,000 people in a 70,000 stadium. That's not going to be the case. That place is going to be rocking. So the reason I'm bringing that up is kansas city is not going to be caught off guard and also if anybody's watching any of those film snippets there from practice travis kelsey bouncing around here looks pretty good practice the past three days but also makes it known that it's not actually his call to go it will be the medical team and also andy reid but i doubt they hold him out which seems like a must win scenario now for the kansas city chiefs i look for a big bounce back performance And again As long as they catch the football, they're going to move the football. I expect them to do that. I think Kansas City is going to go on the road in a great spot here and win against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a hard-fought game.
4: If you're a glass-half-full type of person, you look back on last week, a disappointing effort in Arrowhead in your first game yeah. since claiming Super Bowl 57, but you would say Kadarius Tony gave the football to Detroit. The Lions took advantage, and we still only lost by one without Travis Kelsey and without our best defensive player, one of the best defensive players in the NFL, Chris Jones. Both guys back at practice, bouncing around and looking happy in KC Mo this week. The line representing that, it opened at three, now at three and a half in favor of Kansas City. Last week, DRS, I think you could make an argument. That Buffalo had the worst week out there. They looked atrocious. In a football game, they should have breezed to a two-touchdown win after Aaron Rodgers went down on the fourth offensive play for the New York Jets. Josh Allen had three interceptions in that football game and fumbled the football away as well in a critical juncture. But, Donnie, they're back at home in Orchard Park this week. Highmark Stadium, Western New York. Bills Mafia going to be going nuts for the home opener and they're expected to be delighted by the result eight and eight and a half point spread DRS in favor of the Bills. The question on the graphic is Buffalo bounce back. The odds say, yeah, baby.
5: Yeah, they bounce back. They're going to win. If you're in an eliminator pool out there this week, last week, I went with an easy one with the Ravens. I'll go with another easy one this week or perceived easy one in the Buffalo Bills. You take a look at the Vegas Raiders. I look you got to throw that game out. the. I don't, it's not fair to say throw it out the window between the Raiders and the Denver right. Broncos, but two teams I don't think are going anywhere in 2023. Now, the Raiders got that victory. They're all high in money. Hey, maybe we have something this year. You're coming into one of those buzzsaw weekends, just like we're talking about the Chiefs, focused and ready to go, can't afford another loss, and they won't get it. And also, what did the Raiders do well last week? 261 total yards on offense. You bring that same offense to Buffalo, you're getting smoked by 21 in this game. I'm not saying that, hey, lay the minus 21 alt line. But you get the picture here. I would be shocked if the Raiders are hanging around late in the fourth quarter with a chance to win this football game, which means Buffalo is going to play the front runner the entire way through. That was a wake up call for Josh Allen. You can't be Cavalier with the football or the season is going to disappear. They bounce back in a big way in Buffalo against the Raiders this weekend.
4: 259 and a half is the passing yards prop for Josh Allen in the matchup against Las Vegas only a touchdown and a half drs is that prop which is generally how things stand but he only threw a single touchdown to those three interceptions on monday night in MetLife against the new york jets donnie i think this game between buffalo and las vegas is a true representation of a week one overreaction being not necessarily the case in this football spot if you think about the raiders going on the road and beating the broncos outright as an underdog you would expect some more more market love from the odds for the Raiders and Buffalo looked Really bad against the New York Jets. And yet they're an eight-and-a-half point favorite. That's trust in your gut. That's a Buffalo line. DRS, the Bengals can ill afford an 0-2 start this season, trying to be in that tier of three atop the AFC. And for the second consecutive game for Cincinnati, it's a divisional duel, this time back at home. And their home opener in Cincy taking on the Baltimore Ravens. DRS, a line firmly at three the over under 46 and a half the flock is banged up not just jk dobbins but the offensive line ronnie staley not expected to play the second year center tyler linderbaum out of iowa not expected to play either drs how key is that number of three going to be in cincinnati on sunday
5: yeah, it should be a good football game. But as you said there, I'd be much, much more higher on the Baltimore Ravens if they came out of that week one game unscathed and they didn't. They lost some key components and you're going on the road and also maybe feeling a little bit better if the Cincinnati Bengals had one week one. But it's another one of those. You can't start. If you have aspirations for the playoffs, for high seating and yep. a Super Bowl, you can't go 0-2. Now, granted, with the 17-game schedule, a little bit different than a 16-game schedule in the past. But also, you yep. can't take back-to-back losses in your own division. It's going to be one of those games where the Bengals are really going to be up for. But also, if the Bengals struggle in this game, we're going to start pointing some fingers here at Joe Burrow. Not because yeah. we don't think he can bounce back, but we were led to believe that this injury wasn't all that bad despite missing roughly a month in training camp here. Watch out for that one. because This is one of those games where I'm not excited to jump in on the props market or a side or a total. This is one I need to wait and see about both of these football teams.
4: Certainly so, DRS. 82 passing yards 82 only for Joe Burrow in the opener in Cleveland last Sunday his passing yards prop now 259.5, and a half to and a hook on the other side for Lamar Jackson there's a five cent gap that's it atop the AFC North divisional odds at this moment Baltimore the favorite plus 195 Cincinnati entered the year as the favorite having won two straight divisional crowns the RS now a two to one number and take an eye on Cleveland They will play the Pittsburgh Steelers in one of the two games on Monday night. No love lost in the entirety of the AFC North DRS throughout week number two. Joe Burrow you're making 275 million dollars over the duration of this five-year contract at least throw for 275 against Baltimore on Sunday. Donnie we'll continue to preview week number two of this NFL season going all around the Sunday slate over the next two hours that we have together live right here on this football Friday on the early line but up next We check in on the WNBA. It's the postseason on the hardwood. DRS is here to handicap it all. We do that next, live right here on TEL.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: ending out this opening hour of a football friday live right here on the early line on sports grid and sirius xm channel 159 he is donnie right side i am ben stevens but not just a football friday drs it's a WNBA playoff Friday as well after an off night in the W we're back with game one of round one for the other two series in the WNBA postseason including the other super team DRS on the opening night of the WNBA playoffs we saw the Aces roll to a 28 point victory over Chicago we saw Connecticut barnstorm the Minnesota Lynx by 30 points as well more blowouts on the horizon on this Friday the other super team in action The New York Liberty, a nine and a half point home favorite in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn against the Washington Mystics. A 162 and a half total tonight, DRS, in the Empire State Opener. Here's something to keep in mind, Donnie. Entering the year, right? It was Las Vegas and New York, neck and neck, the new super teams in the WNBA. But the team that entered with the third best price to win the title wasn't Connecticut. It wasn't Atlanta. It wasn't Dallas. Dallas, it was these sticks. Washington had the third best price. Maybe they find that preseason expectation here in postseason four.
5: Maybe they do. And also, good to see here on a Friday night, two games with under double-digit spread, so a more competitive environment from what we're hoping for as the Liberty are the nine-and-a-half-point favorite and also the Wings at a minus six-and-a-half. And away we go. And also, don't get me started, Ben. On a Sunday, doubleheader there in the WNBA, right in the middle of the NFL games. Make me commissioner. We'll make those ratings pop,
4: WNBA. We can't have that, DRS. Game number two for both the Aces and the Sun in their playoff series on Sunday. We mentioned it. The Wings tonight at home taking on the Atlanta Dream, a a six-and-a-half favorite by the way the Liberty a minus 600 outright favorite to knock off Washington Dallas about a minus 250 favorite to win their opening round series against Atlanta our number two of the early line on a football Friday starts in 55 seconds